2: Presented by ATT. Connecting changes everything.
3: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tirec.com, for fast free shipping, free road has protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tirec.com the way tire buying should be.
4: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story.
5: Over the last twenty-five years I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises
4: in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Don't, don't, do I am. I would like to say I'm a perfectionist. I like things perfect. I just do. I, ha- I, I have high expectations of myself and others. And I am self-critical as well. i like, you know, when the good. But I also like to take a step back and see kind of the greater good. Like, you know, what's the net net? Is the net net a positive? Then we're good. And when the college football rankings came out last night, oh, that's Bitshead complain. What do what do Why don't we have eight? Why don't we have sixteen? Why don't we have thirty-two? We have sixty-four. Set hike. Why don't we have everybody get in? It's participation or participation trophy country. Let's let everybody get in. Let me let you in on a little bit of my home life last night. Okay, so I get home four fifteen ish. It's good life. Don't I'm not complaining about it. And my son's playing, my son takes tennis on Tuesdays and I went and got a cup of coffee and I had some other work to do. Like I was, I've been gone so much. I have expense reports to do. I I also have uh, AU basketball teams that I coach and I got an NJB team that I coach and I got other emails to send out and return and other people's radio shows that I got to commit to. And I got my schedule to kind of line out. So I took some time, some dug time, if you will. But it wasn't like I was sitting there getting a massage. And then I go and I pick up my kid. And he's in a great mood. And we geek out. I was listening to classic rock, which one of my daughters has gotten into on the way home. We're banging our heads. We get home. We have like a family dinner. And then we put, we we decorate some of the Christmas tree. He and I play a couple of card games. And I was a little bit. I was a little bit irritated in that my daughters, who didn't have anything else to do, hadn't finished their homework. And so we didn't complete the task of decorating the tree and decorating the whole house and really have a nice kind of family night where we have nothing else to do. I like, wait, you guys were home from 315 on and you decide to start your homework at 645? What were you doing for the last three and a half hours? Well, my friend came over, and I was doing this, and I was doing that. So instead of having, like, the perfect family night, which no one in America has anymore, where you have dinner together, you do the tree, let's have a little dessert. Maybe we'll play a family game of cards. We'll do something, kind of keeping the TV off. I had it on the background, recording college basketball, NBA games, watching the Lakers just get smacked by the Denver Nuggets, watching Duke and Zion Williamson look like the number one pick that I told you on Twitter he was. Before the game actually started, all those things, instead of having the perfect family night, we still had to juggle with my wife. My wife's doing very well in seventh grade math with two different. She's doing great. She's getting an A. The girls are getting B's, but she's getting an A. So instead of having the perfect. But but then I caught my breath before I went to bed that night and I was like, you know what? They were all in bed when they're supposed to be in bed. We got a roofer over our heads. We did get a dinner together. We did kind of set up some of the tree. The net net is that's about as good a night as you're going to get in 2018 when you have uh, a wife, a husband, been married 18 years, daughters that are 12 years old and a little boy that's nine years old, and they all play a bunch of sports. Like, no one gets that. My net net is, hey, I'm searching for perfect. But the reality is really good. That's the college football playoff. Would I like it? Would I like to have this perfect number of teams where only the teams that are capable of winning get in the play? Like, sure, if I could create a system that right now had Georgia in, had Ohio State in, had Oklahoma in, as well as the three undefeated teams, that'd be a great system. But every year, changes and evolve this year the pac-12 sucks okay i live in the west coast my brother coaches at a pac-12 team. my sister and brother are alums of a pac-12 school i live around all these sc idiots that can't decide what they want to do or who they're superman at so most times i really like the pac-12 i don't blame the commissioner of the pac-12 for the fact that the pac-12 stinks there's a myriad of other reasons but the Pac-12 isn't deserving of having a, a, a having an argument. Like, they can't like, well, we could, no, none of your teams are worthy here. And so you can't plan for the couple years ago when SC should have been in the playoff and Washington instead went and SC beats Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Look, the system we have, is it perfect? No. Nope. Not perfect. Matter of fact, the system we have has made bowl games relatively, you know, with the exception maybe of the New Year's, I guess New Year's Six. There's bowl games and there's the New Year's Six. Hey, it's New Year's Six. Let's pretend like they matter more because some of them kind of do, and then they don't matter as much. But outside of the New Year's Six and even some of the years, like a lot of these college football players aren't going to play in it. You know, they've seen past injuries, the Jalen Smith injury a couple years ago. They saw what happened Central Florida this past weekend, and they're like, um, if I got a chance to play in the league. I'm doing the Christian McCaffrey. I'm doing the Leonard Fournette. I ain't playing. Because we've made those other bowl games unimportant. And you might sit at home and think, well, these games have always been unimportant. Like, not really. 95% of those dudes, that's the last time they ever play in a real football game. Ever. Ever. Last time, put on helmets. Last time, put on shoulder pads. Last time, they try and get each other hyped up like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go." You know, football guy. anybody who's ever played football guy knows you just kind of lose your mind for like five minutes there before the game starts smacking each other inside the head. The last time you'll ever do it. Bowl games are actually really cool. Half the teams end up with a win, and even the other half is like, "You know what? We didn't win the game. We cost our conference some sort of conference sort of feel." But at least it's warm and it's better than it is when we're home. We got a swag bag and we got to hang out with our boys for a week and hit somebody else one more time. Legally. But the system we have, like the bowl game, bowl system before was not perfect, but was really good. And they probably should have added a plus one, which is kind of what they did anyway, right? You got bowl games and then they just have one additional game. It's not really a playoff. It's a plus one. But the net-net is, during my lifetime, we've had several different times where we've had multiple national champions. The dumbest thing ever. You're a national champion and you're a national champion. We can play each other? Nope. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. No, you are not. Not going to play a national champion. And you may think, hey, the system still stinks because Central Florida finished undefeated last year and they should have played for it. But the reality is, none of us believe they could have beaten either – any of those four teams two consecutive weeks wouldn't have happened can you pluck off an auburn when they don't care and you really do sure is it a great story what central florida has been able to do sure but during my lifetime we actually used to have actually used to have split national champions every once in a while was it georgia tech and colorado one year and nebraska and michigan one year like what You end up a dumb. That's dumb. And so now we basically pick the four best teams, and we get about four out of five right, or four out of six, right. But it's better to be more selective. Less is more. More is not more. It's better to be exclusive than overly inclusive. It's the opposite of life. Right? Better to be exclusive. Better make people feel like, you know what? I personally think Georgia is just as good, if not better, than Notre Dame, than Oklahoma, than Ohio State. And you know what? The truth is that if Georgia is as good as I think they are, they'll give Alabama a hell of a game this weekend. And they might still get in. And I won't be bothered by it. And if they don't, they'll sit there and go, hey, you know what we shouldn't have done? We shouldn't have turned the ball over, what, five times against LSU? And we'd still be playing. And you might sit there and go, well, that's an unfair. This is not about being fair. Try and find the four best teams. Might miss on a couple. But I've heard people on this network, on other networks, be like, man, how fired up would you be? How fired up would you be if you saw these games? Alabama taking on Central Florida. Wouldn't be fired up at all. Sorry. Alabama be about a 25-point favorite against Central Florida. Right. Clemson taking on Michigan. I saw Michigan. They had a chance to beat Ohio State. And I believe Ohio State just scored again. Like, it's okay. You had a chance to play for national championship and you lost. And now you don't. That's what works. It, it doesn't mean that, th- does expanding mean that you would be like college basketball? Where, like last night, it was Duke, Indiana, and uh, obviously Duke a lot better than Indiana. But we have gotten to the point where there's an oversaturation of college basketball, and unlike me, most people don't care about them. Most people don't record all of them then stay up late in the night and watching them and breaking them down. But we have this desire to search for a perfect. we got to go perfect. I wanted to have a perfect night at home. We want to have a perfect college football playoff with a perfect number of teams. Perfect doesn't exist. Perfect doesn't exist. Except except me, I'm, I'm perfect. <laughs> All right, coming up next, offensive lineman for the Colts, Anthony Costanzo joins us upcoming next. When Andrew Luck wasn't throwing the Duke, was he concerned? And when did he know that Andrew Luck was back to being Andrew Luck? We'll also track how many times I mentioned the name Andrew Luck. Next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. This year, Progressive celebrates six years and over 600 cars given to veterans. Giving thanks by providing independence for those who protect it. Learn more at keystoprogress.com.
3: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We were all concerned. But I was a ardent defender of the virtue of Andrew Luck. I was like, look, man, first three years, 33 wins. Took over an old roster that had holes. And, you know, just thought having the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL, taking a team like that to the AFC Championship game was enough. But there were the naysayers, and whether he had to— uh, then he has some like internal organ damage. Andrew Luck did once, and then he had the, then obviously he had the shoulder problems. They were naysayers. They were haters, if you will. And uh, now Andrew Luck is an MVP candidate. His Colts are an outside threat to make in the playoffs after a really difficult start. And Anthony Costanzo, one of his uh, offensive linemen who have kind of helped solidify this Colts team, joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio was there in the in the during the OTAs, he was saying like, look, I haven't even thrown the Duke yet. I haven't thrown it. They were taking it along very slowly and he was throwing like a high school ball and a smaller football. you had to be were you guys sitting around there going like, man, I don't know like this doesn't was there was there ever ever concern that he might not make it back?
6: um I don't think there was ever concern of that it was a matter of when you know like so you know, just every once in a while you'd be asking him, hey so are you saying football yet or uh, where, where are you at with that? So yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, hey, when are you going to be back? But um, you know, he, he he's always very honest, and you know, he would, he would tell us, you know, hey, I'm I'm going to be good, and then kind of just take his word for it. And uh, lo and behold, he was he was right.
3: When when he came back and he was playing early in the season, you guys weren't throwing the ball downfield. Um, what was that like when there were still again there were still naysayers even when he was playing and playing pretty well? What was it like?
6: Um, yeah, I mean, I was—I was actually uh, hurt for a lot of the beginning of the season, but obviously I was still around um, and, and just kind of watching. And, and I mean, you could see that he had the command of the offense, and um, I'm not sure what the reason is for that. You know, if, if maybe it just didn't fall into our game plan against certain teams, but um, I mean, he—I think, you know, even after his first preseason game, it's like, oh, okay, good, Andrew's back. <laughs> you know, it was nice to, nice to see him out there whipping the ball around and um, having a lot of confidence over the offense and, and command of the whole team, really.
3: All right, I, I want to ask you about a, a decision your coach made. You know, he's a first-year coach, and I was critical of him. You're on your own – you guys were on your own 43-yard line, and you're playing the Texans. And at the time, I was like, man, I I, I get the bravado of, hey, let's go for it. It's overtime. But a, a tie at that point in the season was good. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you guys gave new life to the Texans in hindsight was that a mistake to go for? it? Uh, no,
6: I mean I, I I'm I'm behind that decision 100%. I mean you got confidence in mean, your offense to, to make it. I think that's something that um that you kind of you, you got to do. I mean that's uh, uh that's just a a, a gutsy play call and it's just having confidence in the guys and I, unfortunately it didn't it didn't uh, work out for us at the time but um you know, some you you kinda of gotta get over quickly and, and move on to the next one.
3: Anthony Costanza, left tackle, Indianapolis Colts, six and five on the year, second with a bullet in uh the AFC South. Joins us Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Do you get tired of Quentin getting all this love? Like no one ever shows your blocks. On, on Twitter, no one ever goes like, "Hey, Costanzo laid that guy out." Nothing. It's all, dude. Quentin Nelson is nasty. He's mean. He's he had disrespectful. Blocks. Do you get a little bit jealous of the fact that the rook's getting all this love?
6: No, I'm not sure my game's quite as exciting as his. So uh, it's uh, it's it's rightfully due to him. I mean, I I love seeing it. I love seeing him uh, play that way and uh, and get some notice, uh, you know, for it. I mean, he deserves it. So uh, it's 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 fun to be playing next to a guy like that. He just really loves the game so it's um it, it's really a, he's a great guy to play next to and like I said I mean it's awesome that you, you don't really see linemen get accolades like that just to, to so to see people kind of recognizing him this early in his career is uh, is exciting.
3: Okay so did whoever operates the Colts Twitter handle did they pay his fine because he had that there was that there's the video of him just lowers it just just I mean he dump trucked a dude and then yeah. the league's like oh well he lowered his helmet here's a here's All a right. maximum fine um, that, that had to go, that had to be an interesting conversation in the locker room.
6: We were definitely looking for that person when, uh, when the fine came through. They were like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> this seems like, uh, like, like maybe they were alerted to this by, uh, I don't know, the, a huge media around it. So yeah, I mean, the thought definitely crossed their mind. I, just, I think he's, he's still waiting on an appeal from that.
3: Um, okay. What, what do you think of, uh, Andrew Luck's receiving skills? You know, it's one thing to split a guy out wide than to throw the football to him. Um, yeah. how, how did how did he grade out when you guys watched that film?
6: Hey, he, he caught the ball. He got got us the first down. I prefer to not see him take those hits uh, when he doesn't need to. But um, yeah, I mean, hey, he's 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 an athlete. You know, he's more than just a guy to go back there and throw the ball. He's an athlete, and you know I think that if we do split him out again, teams have to respect the fact that we are willing to throw to him. So it's a good thing to have on film, um, and it kind of opens other things up in the offense.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, listen, when the Saints put Breeze out wide, you like they're they're not throwing. it. <laughs> there, there's no chance yeah. Taysom Hill is going to throw it to him. But now with Andrew Luck, you got to at least put somebody out there, right?
6: Exactly, yeah. That that, that creates other holes in the uh, in the defense that you can take advantage
3: of. Anthony Costanza joining us from the Indianapolis Colts. They are winners of five consecutive. Games. Um, I don't know. It's still losing to the Jets feels like the low, but was there, when was the moment that it turned? When was the moment that you're like, uh, this is, we got a shot this year to do something?
6: You know, it's crazy. It, it doesn't, there, there hasn't been like a moment because we have such a methodical kind of um, approach to every week. It's like, it, it doesn't even feel like there was a turning point. It just kind of felt like we were going about our business the right way all season. And we just kind of knew that at some point we were going to start winning games because, I mean, even early, we we're playing really well. It's just that you know, games started just kind of slipping away from us at the end, or something would happen, and we're like, you know, if we continue on this course, of playing good football, that eventually uh, games are going to start uh, kind of falling our way, and um, that's what's been happening. You know, we've just uh, kind of stuck to the process and, and stuck to taking one play at a time. It's really worked out
3: for us. Yeah, but I wonder if the Jacksonville game, considering it's a close game, because you know how it is. As much as you you want to be like hey, it's process. And, and, if we're, and if we're good with the process, the result will follow, but when you find a way to lose close games, like you did right. to New York, like you did to Houston, like you did to Philadelphia, there does, you know, look, maybe, whether it's in the stands or on the sidelines, there's this sense of inevitability. Ah, the Colts will screw this thing up, right? But but something something had to, was it, did something change in the Jacksonville game? Was there anything at all you can point to, like, now we're finding a way to win games that in the past we would have lost?
6: Uh, I don't really know. I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's literally just that, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a one play at a time mindset here. I, I really can't even put my finger on, on, on what it is. Um, I mean, it's just, it, I, I will say, I, I don't know when, you know, that feeling comes about or, or, or what creates it, but I will say, you know, in the fourth quarter of this past game, uh, we were down 10 and for some reason, you know, you just kind of have that idea in your mind, like, oh, we're going to win this game. And I remember having that feeling, you know, in like 2012, 2013, when we had a bunch of comebacks. Um, it's just kind of that same feeling where it's like, as long as this game's close in the fourth quarter, we know that we can win it.
3: Anthony Costanzo joining us. I know you know this stat. I think other people either they are they're, they're going to be stunned when they hear it. Your unit, your offensive line, is only allowed one sack in the last six games. One sack, and the the whole thing yeah. in the NFL is like, look, all these guys are good. You get a really good guy, and you give them time, and they're gonna they're gonna pick you apart. What is it about this offensive line, your unit, that has allowed you guys to gel so quickly and so cohesively?
6: Um, well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with with the kind of the way our offense is set up, and uh, you know, Andrew also having amazing pocket awareness and and getting rid of the ball. He he makes our job a lot easier. Um, but I mean, we just uh, you, we we just kind of know where each other is going to be at on the offensive line. We know what we need to do, and we know what is expected of us by the guy next to us. And I think just kind of that that unspoken understanding of, of, you know, if a guy falls off late, where do we want him to fall off where we know we have our help? Um, you know, what what kind of pocket are we looking to create? It's it's really a game plan thing. Um, you know, our, our coach, Coach dude has done a great job of kind of getting us all on the same page with that, and we've been fortunate enough to have a bunch of the same guys playing next to each other as well.
3: You, you know what happens is quarterbacks, when they have great years, they always buy their offensive linemen something, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, have you put in the request yet? Like, what is... Cause and usually they get you guys like offensive lineman stuff, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get you guys like an ATV. You're like, well, then what if I don't? What if I don't hunt and I don't want an ATV? Exactly. But, right. So for you personally, what do you want?
6: Ah, you know, I I was talking to Andrew about it the other day. He's like, hey, what, what kind of stuff are you guys looking looking for? I'm like, dude, just whatever you give us, we'll we'll be happy with it. Uh, just you no know, like weird gifts. Like, I don't need like a scarf or you know or something like that. Like some weird uh, gift to just Something that I can I can have fun with. <laughs> That's um, kind of what I told
3: your parents your parents owned an Italian restaurant when you were a kid, right? That is correct. Uh, what What was your favorite dish?
6: Ooh, um, I was a big chicken franchise fan. I used to crash some So They put two two chicken cutlets with the franchise sauce uh, over. He, it was almost. I think it might have been like almost a pound of pasta, and I was just. Like go to town on that.
3: Um, yeah, it, it's weird how how that used to be like that used to be everybody's jam when we were in high school, right? Carb load, and now suddenly oh, yeah. like now carbs are bad. You're like, wait, wait, when did carbs car, carbs get bad? You still carbo load <laughs> night before a game? Oh yeah, we're
6: we're on a very high carbo load uh, diet here. Which when when our nutritionist told us, you know, you guys got to get as many carbs as you can. Growing up eating pasta like every night of my life, I was like, that I can do. So I've been, I've definitely been uh, ascribing to the to the high carb diet, and it, you know it's been great. It's been giving giving me lots of energy, and uh, you know it's. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I just grew up on it.
3: I I heard your parents they never missed a game. Is that true? They've never missed a game. Uh, they never missed one in college.
6: They've there have been a couple due to inclement weather, you know, different things that have uh, happened in the pros. But I, I would say I think I've played like something like 120 games. They've they've definitely been to over probably over 110
3: of them. Yeah. Well, listen, I know you're doing great stuff with the American Cancer Society. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, listen, I, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, obviously it's awesome stuff that you guys have seen such success with your unit, and thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Alright, it's Anthony Costanzo, part of the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. How awesome is that, right? Bunch of dudes working together. One sack of the last six games. You're like, what are you guys doing? You're like, well, it's more, it's Andrew Luck. Okay, so here's the question. You got a rich quarterback, right? And... And he's like, ah, whatever you get me. That sounds great. That's like your wife or your girlfriend going, ah, listen, whatever you get, honey, for Christmas, I'll like. What's number one thing on your Christmas wish list? Ramos, what's the number one thing? I know you're a parent now. You don't get anything. (laughs) Like, you're the dad. You don't get anything. What is it?
5: I would say some shirts, some really nice shirts.
2: (laughs) Man, Ramos, you're easy to please, man.
3: (laughs) Hey, hey, can we get him a shirt? That's Let's get my Hill figure shirt. Uh, music. Can you do a little bit better than that? What's number one thing on your on your wish list, there, music?
2: I would probably go like an expensive watch because it's something that I would never spend that amount of money on myself. But if you get it as a gift, then it's nice.
3: Yeah, I got a gift. I got a watch from my wife uh, two years ago Christmas. Love it. It's it's so it's, it's so nice. In fact, I don't wear it often because I'm so scared that something's going to happen to it. Let's go. To, Let's, uh, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron and find out what else is going on. Isaac, what's the number one thing on your wish list? <sighs> to be honest, sleep. Aside from that, sleep? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually not a terrible gift. Like, we see, said they go, like, uh, honey, you can do this for your wife. Like, honey, listen, here's what we're going to do. Uh, Saturday morning, I'm getting all the kids, and we're out. And you just sleep in. All right, sleep in. Now, can you sleep in? I can't physically sleep in anymore. Yeah, that's the problem
5: because you're so cultured to getting up at the crack of dawn or whatever that even when you have the opportunity to get a night of sleep, your body does not cooperate. A clear, clear disappointment of the human ecosystem that needs to be rectified at once. On to the news of the day. A short time ago, Washington head coach Jay Gruden addressed the media for the first time. Since Washington claimed linebacker Reuben Foster on waivers just days after he was arrested on a domestic violence charge that led to his release from the 49ers, here's what Washington head coach Jay Gruden had to say a short time ago.
7: I mean, there's some concern without a doubt. You understand that, uh, you know what, what's going on there, and and uh, but at the end of the day, we decided to pick up his rights. And right now, it's not even our rights. He's on the commissioner's exemplist, uh, so really he can just come in here uh, on an occasional basis. I met him today for the first time and since the combine and and his pro day and all that stuff. So uh, we'll just let it play out. In college
5: football, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson announced that he will step down as the Yellow Jackets head coach of 11 seasons after their upcoming bowl game. NHL in tonight's Discover Card key matchup. The Toronto Maple Leafs host the San Jose Sharks at 7.30 Eastern. And speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. Finally, in baseball, the Oakland A's today announced plans to build a privately financed 34,000 seat ballpark in downtown Oakland to open in 2023. A's president David Cavall said, quote, this design will allow us to blur the boundaries of a traditional ballpark and integrate into the surrounding neighborhood, unquote. When all he really needed to say to sell the public on the merits of a new ballpark for the Oakland A's would be,
3: Hey, it's going to have working plumbing. No more sewage leaks. Yeah. I'm not sure you want to integrate into the, into the, uh, into the neighbor, into the neighborhood. We'll get to that. We'll get to that upcoming. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. All right. From, uh, from one offensive line that turned a team around to a wide receiver who has turned it around and helped been part of this resurgence here with the Cleveland Browns. Antonio Callaway joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show as the Browns get their second consecutive win. He catches his third touchdown pass of his young career, and he joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Antonio, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
3: Good, man. Uh, what's this been like from you know from the start of the year when you guys were losing so many close games to now finding a way to dust off two consecutive teams? What, what's the difference like to
1: you? Oh, man, just finding a way to win. Just finding a way to finish the game.
3: Uh, Baker obviously, Baker obviously has been playing pretty well. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. You've seen seen him evolve uh, with the new play caller. Um, what what's Baker like to deal with for you?
1: Oh man, Baker Baker's great to deal with. Uh, he's A great teammate, great leader. All you have to do is really just follow in his steps. Yeah, he. he to do.
3: Um, yeah, look, I, I told I've told people that even though I didn't think he needed to say anything about Hugh, this is kind of who Baker is, right? Baker. He, like he's a guy who guys love to play for or play with. Why is that? What is it that he does during the week that makes guys want to play play with him?
1: Uh, man, he, the way he prepares for the game from 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 practice to meetings to to when it's actually time to put on the pass and pass and go.
3: What's different about the NFL that you didn't know before you played in the NFL?
1: I mean, it's just really just about. You got to come up with a with a schedule, with a structure, with a, with a with a thing how how you go about your day on a daily basis. That was really the hard thing. I had to come up with a structure.
3: Okay, so what did you have to eliminate?
1: Um, I mean, I added I added more scratching and more time for my body and my schedule instead of playing the game at home.
3: Now, what about did you drop Fortnite? <laughs> did you? Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I, I never knew how to play Fortnite.
3: <laughs> Antonio Callaway joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. I know you have a personal connection with the American Cancer Society. You, yeah, you your cleats. This, what are your cleats going to look like this week?
1: Oh, they'll be teal because my, my my granny has cervical cancer.
3: What's your granny's name?
1: Early B Callaway.
3: All right, so is are her name is her name on it, and why teal? Is that like her favorite color?
1: No, that's the color of the. Of the cancer she had,
3: the. Yeah. Well, every cancer has a different kind of color to be represented with it.
1: Yeah, most of them.
3: Yeah, yeah that's that's fascinating, fascinating stuff. I just, I do wonder when are they gonna let you guys wear these cleats during the game. Like, right, the NBA, they let guys, they change this year, let guys wear all color shoes. When are they gonna let you guys wear these cleats in the games?
1: Oh, I have no idea about that. I, I just, I, I, I would love to wear them though but I have no idea when they're in there as well.
3: Antonio Calloway joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How different is it to come in the facility after winning two in a row than after losses?
1: Uh, man, come in, we come in with the mindset as if we lost. We come in with the, with the mindset where, okay, we got to work harder than we worked last week. So, winning feels good, so uh, we're trying to continue that.
3: All right, dude, uh, you get to go to Houston this week, so you don't have to experience the cold. But you do. You're playing in Cleveland now as a Florida dude. What is that? What is that cold like when you step out of the step out of the house in the morning and you got to get in the car? How are you adjusting?
1: Oh man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting every day, but I mean, like I, like it's my job, so I have no choice but to take it out.
3: I I, I you know,
1: you get I, used to it though.
3: I, I got to point out, you got Denver in two weeks. Denver in two weeks, you don't know. Are you going to go sleeves? Or are you going to try and be a tough guy and go no sleeves?
1: Uh, most likely, I'll go no sleeves. All right, we,
3: will, we will hold you that. Antonio, thanks so much for joining us. Continued success to you, and appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. All
1: right, thank you for having me.
3: Antonio uh, uh, has had a Antonio Callaway case. Um, he got his third touchdown catch, and inter- like, interesting resurgence in him personally and the offense. Look, my thing on Baker has been really, really simple. I didn't think he was as good as Darnold, but I did think that he'd be a good quarterback because he's a better version of, with a better arm of a of a Case Keenum. And my issue with him and what he said about Hugh, look, we've all worked with phonies before. I can tell you there are five guys off the top of my head that I work with that are phonies. Shouldn't have the job that they have. They don't work hard. They end up making you look bad because either they steal the things that you're going to say or the mistakes that they make you end up having to cover up for and it gets you kind of off of your point or off of your game. But you know what you don't do? You don't call out. You just don't. It's not like you. when the mic's off, maybe then you could talk about dudes that aren't really good or aren't real or their whole image is fake. But I, I just... It's not generally the practice of a starting quarterback with his former coach, because there's a, a possibility, maybe even a likelihood that he has a new head coach next year. And like this idea of, well, look, if you aren't, if you don't have this great relationship with Baker, he's going to expose you the second that he goes elsewhere, you go elsewhere. That's that just, that's just not the way in which the game is played. You don't have to like it, but you will sit there and go like, yeah, that's probably right. Probably right. And you could sit here and tell me, well, in my job, your job is not starting quarterback in the NFL, face of an NFL franchise. If you're a CEO, if you're on air talent, if you're a quarterback, if you're a spokesman for somebody, for, for a team, for a company, for a business, if you're a president, a senator, like, I'm sorry, you just can't always be real and say this dude's a phony and how you really feel. It's just not the way in which the game is played or should be played. Is Michael, is uh, Lamar Jackson the next Mike Vick? Find out next.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. That is Toby Keith. Toby Keith, oh uh, OU guy that didn't actually go to OU, like most OU guys. Did you go there? No, not actually. I did not. Did not actually go there. I like Toby. Toby's a good dude, man. Good dude. Um, yeah, they, they Oklahoma, you know, they, they got some star power to them. Jim Ross, Toby Keith. Sam Bradford. Kidding about Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's a great player. Let's get to a game. Game time! This
0: is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need. Whenever you need it, Granger for the ones that get it done. Done when he gets it done. Isaac Lowenkron, get it done for us. What do you got?
5: Okay, Doug, let's find out what game we got today. Real news,
0: fake news.
5: Washington was the only team in the NFL to directly contact the Tampa police regarding Reuben Foster before they claimed him off of waivers. Is that real news or fake news? That is fake news. You are fake news. One for one, according to A.J. Perez of USA Today, The only team that called the Tampa police about Foster's arrest, the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. But Perez adds what's interesting is that the Eagles have a higher waiver claim than Washington because Washington has a better record. In other words, whatever the Eagles found out from the Tampa police might have led them to decide a waiver claim on Foster was not
3: a prudent move. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I just, I don't really understand the dumpster dive here. Like, you know, uh, for years the Cleveland Browns made the dumpster dive um, for all kinds, you know, a lot of times in the draft more than anything, where they would get a guy, uh, Carlos Dunlap fell in the draft because he got the DUI before the SEC championship game, and um, you know, you kind of go through the years and that's one thing Cleveland do, but you know, when you've been arrested three times in the last year and you're talking about a domestic violence charge, which is so fresh, like, I just... I don't know. I I understand we're a nation where due process is super important. Any nation should have that, and we have it special. And I understand that you're like, look, we don't know. If, if you knew exactly what happened, maybe there is a rehab from it. But I, I don't know why, if you're in position to make the playoffs in the NFC East, why you would have a dumpster dive for a guy who – we're still trying to figure out the validity of another domestic violence charge. And to build on
5: that, this just came down moments ago from Les Carpenter, who covers Washington for the Washington Post. Of course, Washington, in their release yesterday, made a big deal about them consulting former teammates at Alabama of Reuben Foster. And haha, Clinton Dix of Washington was asked on whether the team consulted him on the waiver claim, either Bruce Allen or even the owner, Daniel Snyder or Jay Gruden. And Clinton Dix's response, I didn't talk to Bruce or nobody, unquote. Elsewhere, Michael Vick— name, He should have said, my name's Bennett, and I ain't in it.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he should have
0: said.
5: Michael Vick thinks Lamar Jackson should continue running the ball as he has in his first two NFL starts because, quote, it worked out well for me, unquote. Real or fake news? Fake news. You are fake news. And Gottlieb goes to two for two today. Michael Vick actually said— Proceed with caution, telling reporter Jamison Hensley with quarterbacks. We're not used to getting hit all the time when we do it. It can either get you into the game or it can shake you up. It's not like a guy sitting in the pocket. You run the risk of getting injured. I'm not saying that should deter Lamar or scare him. I'm just saying proceed with caution, unquote.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, look, uh, I, I don't think, I think what well, I said he's as good an athlete as ever played the position. Um, there's a lot of where he's from, how he throws that is similar to Mike Vick. He does kind of flick the ball and he throw, He has a great arm in terms of uh, the pace of the football and throwing the ball downfield. And like Vick, he struggles with short intermediate throws. And like Vick, he struggles with reading complex defense. Um, and I wonder if he's going to be able to evolve as a quarterback. But in the meantime, you're shortening the game, you're running the football, you got a little positive momentum, you roll with it.
5: After falling to 3-8 and eight on the season and yet another set of criticisms from Odell Beckham Jr., New York Giants head coach Pat Shermer denies the idea that he is coddling his star player. Is that real news or fake news? Real news.
1: They're real oh. and they're spectacular.
5: The perfect game continues for Doug. Let's hear it ourselves. An interview that Pat Shermer did on the radio. It doesn't say the station or the host. It just says angry sounding host here it is there's too much coddling going on and i'm not worried about beckham's feelings yeah, you know, no, i they, wouldn't say we're know, coddling Mike. we're you know, not coddling I mean, but i mean i'm so tired of hearing about whether he's happy about route running and this and that who cares who gets right. the
6: ball yeah amen
8: i think what's important is you win and then it's important too that when we throw the ball uh, we do a good job completing passes and protecting the passer and we've made progress since the bye in all those areas and we just got to do it more consistently
0: very
5: polite interviewing style by the way <laughs> <laughs> here's
3: what I'm gonna do okay and you know this right okay now I'm gonna make a statement and then I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stop talking and then you you can say what you want to say okay because I know what the answer is even though I'm not asking a question to which I know what the answer is and we know this okay
5: I will say this, you have proven to be a surprisingly underrated impressionist. Mm. You don't go heavy with the impressions, but when you do, they are spot on, including that one. Finally, there's a growing sense that it is inevitable for the college football playoff to be expanded to eight teams. Is that real news or fake news?
3: Fake news. They're real and they're spectacular.
5: Our good friend Joel Klatt tweeting, I think there's a good chance we have an 18 playoff inside of five years based on conversations I have had with the power brokers inside CFB. And I'm not a huge proponent of expansion, but it is coming,
3: unquote. Hmm. Well, I mean, Joel Klatt and the power brokers, that's done then. It's finished. It's, it's it's done. That's game, huh? Game
0: time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: 12 year contract. I believe this is year five of the 12-year contract. At the end of the 12-year contract, they'll expand it. Jamal Murray of the Nuggets joins the show next. I'll ask him if he found that basketball Kyrie kicked. Next.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: What up, Doug Gottlieb's show, Fox Sports Radio. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So yesterday I go on with Cowherd and I was waxing poetic about the Lakers and the chemistry within the Lakers locker room and how happy they are with the addition of Tyson Chandler. And then um, I turn it on at halftime and the Lakers are, you know, they're down eight. I'm like, you know, it's an NBA game. The NBA game, they're down eight. So what happens in the NBA game? Well, they'll be tied in the fourth quarter. And then they were down 18 at the end of the third quarter. I'm like, well, it's going to be a ferocious comeback. And then no, that wasn't really a ferocious comeback. Matter of fact, uh, LeBron James played about as poorly as, as he could play. Um, he had 14 points on 15 shots. Didn't make a three, no offensive rebounds, seven defensive boards, four turnovers, two assists. The Lakers shoot 14% from three point range. That's not good. That's it's suboptimal. Suboptimal. That's, not great shooting, and it wasn't like wasn't like the Nuggets hit everything they threw. I right, like the Nuggets scored 117, but they once again smacked around an opponent that came into their place. They're nine and three at home. Matter of fact, their head coach Mike Malone had this to say after the game.
4: We don't want any converse. We don't want any converts. You're either with us or you're against us. Uh, and we understand when we play these great uh, LeBron is arguably the best player ever. And uh, when he comes to town and the Lakers, you know, their fans carry. But uh, as long as their fans go home disappointed, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can come in here. The Celtic fans can come in here. Laker fans come in here. But take that L on the way out.
3: Oh, take the L on the way out. I love it. Nuggets. Head coach puffing out their chest like, yeah, dude, we beat them. Beat them, beat them. Of course, Kyrie kicked the ball or threw the ball up into the stands. Jamal Murray joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Did you hear what Coach Malone said about uh, those fans who come in cheering for opposing teams in your home court taking the L? Uh yeah, I heard
9: about that. Uh you know, it was, it was fun. it was funny funny little joke, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have, we have a great home court. I mean, we're winning winning games at home. We've always been so strong at home, and uh, you know, good teams are coming into our building, and uh, we're getting we're getting some good wins early on the season. So we've got to keep that up.
3: How, do you do you know early on if guys are affected by the altitude? Like, can you can you guys run up and down the court? And be like, oh, this guy he cannot play in the altitude. Do you ever see that the effects of it early?
9: Oh yeah, um, especially when we come back from a long road trip and we play our first game back home, even we feel it. You know, it's that's not one side at all the time, but uh, yeah, the first the first quarter is definitely the toughest, and well um, after that, once you get your after you get your
3: second win, uh, you should be straight. What did you guys do last night? Like I'm watching the game, and you're up you're up eight to half in the second half. Instead of normally NBA games, all right, it gets evened up going to the fourth quarter, but you guys just downshifted in the third quarter. What did you guys do to limit the Lakers so much defensively?
9: Uh, we just made them make shots. To be honest, um, you know they got in transition a lot in the first half and. Hurry um, the sort of free throw line and, and getting on running. And once we stopped that, uh, made made him try to scroll over defense. We struggled, and uh, that's when our offense took off.
3: You know, look, you're you're a point guard, but not in the traditional sense. And the great thing about it is you got Jokic, you got Jokic there, who's like a point center. What's it like to play with a guy who's that skilled, that big? Who, hey, look, you don't have to worry about setting everybody up. You can just kind of play your game, and if he he'll set the table for people.
9: Yeah, I mean, we uh, have a really unique team. You know, we don't have, you know, like you said, uh, we just have scoring guards, uh, guys that get up and down, and then uh, you've got a passing center who can do it all. Um, The wings are very flexible in the position. You've got a veteran, Paul Mills. So our team, and we have a really deep team as well. So uh, it seems really unique and and not uh, as traditional as all the other teams in the NBA, and that's what makes us so special is uh, everybody's a thrill on the court.
3: How did you handle the... Kyrie thing, the Kyrie controversy over going for 50. What was that like for you personally?
9: Um, I mean, it was nothing to me. It was something to him, I guess. But uh, I was just trying to go to 50. I think everybody understood what I was trying to do and meant no harm. But he took it a different way. And um, uh, he competitors and He's going to take things a little differently. for me. So, uh, uh, I mean, no, not, not really, nothing has to do with me.
3: When was the last time you had 50?
9: Uh, high school
3: against who? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, what's the most you've ever had in a game?
9: Uh, 53.
3: Who is that against?
9: There's in high school,
3: you don't remember who was like if I had 53, I had 44 once when I was in high school. If I had 53, I would definitely remember it. And if that's the most you have, you have no idea who was against? Nah. Jamal Murray joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so how you guys have been great at home? How do you get? Uh, to, how do you get to where you're great on the road?
9: Uh, just keeping that same energy, uh, always uh, uh, bringing our energy, knowing that teams are going to come out and um, and uh, play really aggressive and have the home court advantage, just as we do at home too. So uh, once we. Uh, Know that and, and come out to win, we'll be fine. But we can't let the, the energy sky get to us.
3: Uh, you waved goodbye at KCP uh, last night. It it just seemed to me like, dude, you were having a great time playing. Is that what it is, or was it trash talk going back and forth?
9: No, I'm not trash talk at all. In my case, the cool guy off the court and everything. And uh, you know, every time we played, he's always guarding me, and I'm always guarding him. So. Um no, it doesn't towards him. It was just you no know, he he jumped so high to block me on that on the fast break, and and he flew by, so it was just, it was just funny to give him a little wave that
3: was, that was... the The nuggets have won four consecutive games, not just beating four teams but four good teams. Wolves, Magic, thunder smacked the Lakers around. This is after you guys lost, and you guys had lost some home games, right? You guys had lost I think it was six out of seven, including losing a couple ones at home. What's changed? What's allowed you guys to suddenly play better basketball other than, like you said, making the Lakers make shots? That sounds simple. What else has changed with, with your team?
9: Uh, just committing to the defense, then. Um, you know, just making more after plays, communicating more, trying to be on just coming for each other, having each other's back, uh, and, and just doing more consistently, doing doing it all night. instead it's it's of just for, you know, three quarters or, or half a quarter or something like that. So uh, we're doing a great job of, of – uh, coming together and uh taking every possession seriously.
3: All right, dude, you're going back to Toronto on uh on Monday, right? That's that's gotta be like for a Canadian dude to go back to Toronto and they're really good. How fired up are you for that game?
9: I'm really fired up. That's gonna be a great game and uh just really excited to see my family, see my friends. Uh you know obviously playing in Toronto is a great I grew up in that area so uh it's gonna be really fun to, you know, get back over there and I See those fans again and have
3: them uh, know who I am and all that. So uh, it's gonna be a good time. Is there? A, is there? A, you're growing up in the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. Jamal Murray of the of the Nuggets joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Do you guys have a GTA like group text? Like, is there a? Oh, <laughs> uh, is there? Is there? A, is there a GTA group text?
9: No, it's not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you, after you guys play Portland, you going right there, or you're coming back to Denver and then leaving the next day?
9: Uh, I'm not sure.
3: I'll figure. We'll figure that out in uh, probably a few hours. But dude, you got to go um, in there. You got no, 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 fellas. Coach, coach, we got to fly out red eye after the game. I got people. I got to see. I got a favorite. Right? F- favorite rest. Favorite restaurant at home is where. Um, I say my favorite restaurant
9: is my mom. My mom's cooked food. That's why it.
3: <laughs> okay, so this this is an honest question. Okay, and so take this as a dumb American. What is Canadian food, right? Like no one, no one ever goes like, Hey, do you want Chinese tonight? Do you want Mexican food? Do you want, can- what is Canadian food? Like when your mom, like what does she make? That's Canadian food or your mom's home cooking. Oh,
9: uh, I mean, we got, we got, we got a few things. We got poutine. Uh,
3: poutine's good. I've had it. It's amazing. Yeah.
9: You got, you got, you got to get the real one, with the gravy. You can add whatever you want in it, like bacon or fork, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I think that's really good. And, um, We have this candy called sour cheese and fuzzy peaches and cinnamon hearts. And, I mean, I was kind of surprised that America didn't have it because it's so good and so popular back home. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we got got a few things you guys don't have.
3: All right, you better get some uh, poutine on Saturday night. You don't want to have it Sunday night, the night before a game. Although, maybe, I don't know, if you drop 50, on, you can have it every night. They'll Coach Malone, will import it for you. Hey, uh, Jamal, best best of luck chasing uh, Dame around uh, in Portland and safe travels. Enjoy that journey back home. Thank you. That's uh, Jamal, Jamal Murray joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. You guys ever had poutine? Yeah, music's had. He's got the thumb up. That's when I went to Canada. We had uh, we had poutine one night. Dude, poutine is great. Okay, it is terrible
2: for you. Oh, I, yeah, I, no, it's probably up there on one of the most unhealthy things you could eat.
3: Um, okay, so how would you describe it,
2: right? It's... Basically, their version of what I would say is like chili fries, chili cheese fries. Yeah,
3: like dirty fries. So it's
2: fries with poutine, which is like a gravy-like sauce. But
3: the gravy has meat in it.
2: Right. And then it has cheese curds. Yes. Incredible.
3: Yes. It is. You ever had it, uh, Ramos?
5: No, but it sounds like something that would be good for oh, like one time, right? I no, mean, it's, you know what it is? It's like no, it's super hard. The
3: time. It's <laughs> good all the time. It's salty. Yeah, I know. it's super good. It's, it's, I all, agree it's, all the time. Just right.
5: saying if, like not a lot on a consistent basis. Oh, yeah, no, like. well, you I mean, shouldn't I mean, it you should eat it all the time. But <laughs> like there's lots of
3: things you shouldn't eat in the States <laughs> all the time, right? Like, That's true. Isn't it amazing though? There's no such thing as a Canadian restaurant. Have you ever thought of that? That's a
5: good
2: point. Oh, yeah. Right?
3: There's no such thing. Like we should, we should get Jamal Murray, and we should start like a poutine chain. Yeah, and you'd be like, "Oh, people wouldn't eat it." Yeah, they would.
2: Dude, poutine is so
3: good. It's amazing. It, it honestly. Remember, guys, I went to Kelowna, Canada, which is in uh, right, BC, right. and we went. We had it. we went to this place. We had poutine. I was like, mm, I don't know. We had. It. I was like, Oh my god, that is incredible. So,
2: did you have you only had like when you went to that place? Did you just have the one poutine? Because when I was in Canada, we went to this place that was like a poutine shop. So we got. I was with a group of people, and so we got like four different kinds. And then you just tried a bit of each like it's crazy because like here in the States, you're like, okay, we got chili cheese fries and maybe like some places do like here's the spicy chili cheese fries. They do like all different types of this poutine because then places come up with their own recipe for that like sauce that they put it in.
3: Yeah, I just had, just had one. I just had whatever their home poutine Oh, was. I
2: went to this one where they had, like, the original. Then they had one where it was, like, an Italian version. So it had, like, little meatballs in it. And then one that was, like, chicken-based. It was incredible.
3: Wow. Mm. Mm. Chicken-based sounds like the healthy one, right? Like, yeah, oh, they, I mean, they but have... it's still, like... <laughs> It it it's, it's exactly what you think it is, right? Like you're like, man, what are they eating, Canada When it's freezing cold outside, and you want to fill up with something warm, something filling, something thick, right? And wash it down with a cold Canadian beer, and that's exactly it's what Canadian exactly right, is. It. Yeah? It's, it's like it is. It is like if you if I, in describing it, if it sounds like perfect for cold weather, you're like, yep, that's exactly what it is.
2: So you can't get you definitely cannot get it here anywhere.
3: I'm sure there's somewhere you oh, okay. can get it, but there's probably I...
2: some some place that does like I said, like burgers and stuff and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, poutine." Okay. But I I've never seen it. I've never come across a place cuz if I had seen it, I'd absolutely get it again.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. Isaac Loewenkron, have you ever had you ever had poutine? Actually, uh, after hearing this description,
5: I just got off the phone with Air Canada. I'm on the 520 to Montreal. <laughs>
3: so I might have to cut out of here a little early. Yeah. If you don't mind. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not, I'm not. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we had Jamal Murray on that. I, It's amazing that he brought up. It's like, well, my mom's routine is the best. That's like, uh, okay. So here's what you have. You have in the South, you have like biscuits and gravy, right? My, My wife was in Oklahoma last week and she's like, Don't judge me. I just had biscuits and gravy. My wife, that's how she hooked me. That's how she hooked me. One morning, I had a terrible game one night on like a Saturday night. She came over Sunday morning and all of a sudden I woke up like, what is that? It's like biscuits and gravy. I don't think she's ever made it for me since. (laughs) Ever made it for me since. Um, My mom did the same thing for my late father. It was uh, eggplant parmesan, which... I don't think she's ever made me. My mom's never made me. She made first time she cooked for my dad. It was eggplant parm. And we're not Italian, but eggplant parm is amazing. That's my favorite Italian style dish is eggplant parm. Uh, Poutine is amazing, but I don't know of anywhere in Los Angeles that they're like, and you could say like, well, Los Angeles, they all eat healthy. Like, no, you don't. We got barbecue places. We got soul food places. We got Mexican places, dude. We had my son tried menudo. Um, and menudo is good until you find out what's in menudo, right? That's one of those deals. There's nothing disgusting oh, in there's nothing disgusting in poutine. It's just not good for you, but it's all delicious. Cheese curds, gravy, French fries, maybe a little cheese thrown in on top. It's incredible, incredible. All right, coming up next, Ben Rothsberger is unbelievably talented. Unbelievable talent. And I'm not just talking about on the field. There's something he does off the field that he's unbelievable at. We'll describe it upcoming next. But first, in sports, a trade can make or break your team. A good one can mean a championship. A bad one can set your franchise back for years. It's no different when it comes to selling or trading in your car. You need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. Just go to True Cars, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Got a sport pack or moonroof. Watch as they bump up your car's real-time value. High mileage. You already knew it was going to cost you, but you didn't know how much it's going to cost. like, wow, wow. Once you're finished, you'll get the True Cash offer sent in minutes. Then just bring your car to a local certified dealer. They'll check your car with you together. And after that, you can cash out. Or trade in for a new car. It is really that simple. Don't you hate that, right? When they're like, oh, is this? You know what it's worth if you're honest on the assessment of it. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car Today. True Cash Offer. Not available in all areas.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's funny, we were talking with Jim Ball Murray about how, for when it first came back, how they, the altitude even affects them. You guys ever played sports or anything in altitude? I love when you get people like, that doesn't affect you. Okay. Listen. It may not be the deciding factor who wins and loses a game, right? But the idea that altitude doesn't affect things is scientifically proven to be false, right? It is actual science. Like, I know we have a lot of questions about science, okay? And, like, one of the things that people don't understand is, like, a scientific fact is actually, like, 97% true. Right? That's like one of the things it's like, well, well, you know, this so uh, climate change thing being caused by people. It's only 97% true. Like, yeah, that's how science actually does it. Cause science doesn't want to be like, Oh, Hey, this is, but this is a not, this is more than a scientific 97% fact. Like when somebody is training for distance running, they go to altitude because there's less oxygen. So your body has to produce your, your body has to learn to work through less oxygen and it's better for when you're at sea level. Like, It's a scientific fact. There's less oxygen at the higher altitude, right? So the ball will travel further. Your lungs will work harder. It doesn't affect every person the same, but it does have an effect on every person because it's a different altitude. Right? Just like when you go below the water, right? The, like the, the pressure builds and builds and builds. Like these are scientific facts. These are inarguable. So I love when people go like, well, you know, that altitude thing is just an excuse. Okay. Like it may be an excuse, but it, or it may be an explanation as well. I'm telling you, second half, of second. Now there there's a less, this is less scientific, but most coaches believe that if you play like a two-game swing in altitude, like you play Salt Lake and then you play in Denver, that second game it's way worse because your body is oxygen depleted from staying in altitude. Can we all agree Big Ben is a marvelous talent? All right, we can all agree on that. Like Big Ben is a marvelous talent. On the field, guys have found he's always found a way to extend plays. To make plays, big arm, big body, kind of. Um, uh, I I guess it would be surprisingly athletic. Like ben Ronzberg is like surprisingly a, a man that big. And you've ever met Ben? Like he blocks out the sun. So big Ben, right? Like his name is Big Ben, and it's not one of those, um, it's not one of those opposite nicknames, right? Like fat guy you call tiny, or my my wife who is like a she's like a bean pole she her her teacher when she was a kid used to call her chubby because she's the opposite of chubby this is not like one of those opposite nicknames this is he's big ben because his name is ben and he's big like that clock in england like he's a big old dude he's also adeptly talented at 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 somehow saying the wrong thing at the wrong time and then doing the what did I, did I do that uh, what what he's the what 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 guy that's what he is uh, during his weekly he's uh, called a weekly radio show but it's more the pop on a radio show he took issue with Antonio Brown's route running on a late game interception. He also took issue with James Washington, rookie out of Oklahoma State, dropping a pass and with Randy Fitchner, who he was the one who swore by him on not calling Juju Smith Schuster's number enough in the final drive. So he got some he got some grief for what he said. And this was his not so apology apology.
4: There is no panic.
0: We're just fine. We're spoiled to win six in a row. You always have those good feelings after games, and, and then you lose one. But, uh, you know, it just maybe refocuses you, maybe gets you back on track for, you know, what you need is the, that fourth quarter of the football season, playing your best football.
3: He also went on to say uh, to the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, I think I've earned the right to be able to do that as long as I've been here. And I'm just as critical of myself and the media as well. Yeah, no, you weren't actually. Look, here's the way it works, quarterbacks. Okay? Here's the way it works, quarterbacks. With quarterbacks, privately, you can say one thing. Privately, you can watch film and go like, yo, we got to get Juju the ball. Antonio's got to run the right route. James Washington's got to you want me to throw you the ball? Catch the damn ball. Publicly, you gotta go, it's on me. You know why? Because when you win, nobody goes, you know, they wouldn't have won if not for Antonio Brown running the right route. They wouldn't have won if not for Randy Fitchner's play calling. We don't give any credit to play calling in the fourth quarter. We think that's all Big Ben. Look at him audibleing up there. He might not be saying anything, or he might just be calling out the Mike linebacker. That's not audibilizing. You get paid more than anybody else. No one says how many Super Bowls any other positions won. It's quarter, Quarterbacks is, he won two Super Bowls. Big Ben was horrible in their first Super Bowl win. Th- this is a statistical fact. When he won his first Super Bowl, it was the lowest quarterback rating for any Super Bowl winning quarterback in the history of the sport. If you watched it, Antoine Randall threw the, threw the best pass of the game. And, and this is more opinion than fact, they got a couple calls that helped him really hurt the Seahawks in that win. Okay? So, they, there's, so but but nobody mentions that. You know why? Because when Big Ben, when we eulogize his career, we'll go like, Big Ben, two-time Super Bowl winner. Like, yeah, but he had this. He, had that. he won two Super Bowls. So, with that praise goes these rules. You are not allowed to call out your teammates publicly after a tough loss to an inferior team. You're not. Big Ben has an amazing ability to put his foot constantly in his mouth. Constantly. And he couldn't get a kiss goodnight from uh, what's-her-name that hooked up with the president. Remember that? No story from Stormy Daniels. She wouldn't even give a kiss goodnight. Like, man, that was a tough story for Big Ben. And that was the second worst thing that happened to Big Ben or that he was a part of in Lake Tahoe. Big Ben Rothsberger. Let's get you to Isaac Lohenkron. What else is going on, Isaac? Well, Doug, this afternoon
5: Washington head coach Jay Gruden addressed the media for the first time since the team claimed linebacker Ruben Foster on waivers just days after he was arrested on a domestic violence charge that led to his release from the 49ers. I mean
7: there's some concern without a doubt. You understand that uh, you know what what's going on there and and uh, but at the end of the day, we decided to pick up his rights. And right now it's not even our rights. He's on a commissioner's exemplist. Uh, So really, he can just come in here uh, on an occasional basis. I met him today for the first time and since the combine and and his pro day and all that stuff. So uh, we'll just let it play out.
5: As the late, great Paul Harvey would say, and now the rest of the story. Exactly. So yesterday, Washington Senior Vice President of Player Personnel Doug Williams said in a statement, quote, We claimed his rights after candid conversations with a number of his ex-Alabama teammates and current Washington players who were overwhelmingly supportive of us taking this chance." Well today, Foster's ex-Alabama teammates and current Washington players, HaHa Clinton-Dix and Jonathan Allen both told the Washington Post, that they had not spoken to anyone from the organization regarding Foster. In college football, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson announced... No well, we called
3: him. We yeah. called him. We talked to him. <laughs> I, know, I, I told you, I talked to an Alabama guy. I don't know, he was wearing an Alabama sweatshirt, so I figured he, he played at Alabama. <laughs>
5: And I think that was preceded in the statement by the uh, Lynn Swan phrase that he used earlier this week. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. <laughs> in college football, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson, Johnson announced that he'll step down after 11 seasons following the Yellow, the Yellow Jackets' upcoming bowl game. Finally, in the NHL, in tonight's discovery. There will be
3: no option no. for Paul Johnson. Dude. No, indeed. <laughs> Changes are coming. In tonight's dis- he runs the option. Mm-hmm.
5: Styles changing in generations. In tonight's Discover Card key matchup, the Toronto Maple Leafs host the San Jose Sharks at 730 Eastern. And speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations
3: apply. And now let me be clear. Here's Doug Gottlieb. All right. Here's I want to repeat it. I want you to repeat after me. The NFL is not Racist. Okay, the NFL is not racist. A couple different things. One, you have an African American athlete who's alleged to have beaten a woman, who gets picked up on waivers. Right? Like, it's if you can play, or they they think you can't play, if they have any sort of value for me. Here's another one: uh, Ravens cornerback Jimmy Smith told Robert Klemko of Sports Illustrated, any black quarterback, especially with that type of speed, you get labeled that he can't throw, but he can throw. We have gone to the point now where black players don't even know what the stereotype used to be. It was an incorrect stereotype. But the stereotype used to be about the black quarterback. No one has ever said the black quarterback couldn't throw. What the racial stereotype used to be about quarterbacks that were black was they couldn't handle an NFL playbook. Remember, this is going back and warm moon. Of course, can we can have him on Warren moon through about as pretty a football as possible. But the stereotype was in the sixties and seventies and early eighties. It was that a, a, um, uh, a, um, a black quarterback couldn't handle an NFL playbook. That's it. That was the that was the stereotype. Right? And of course, Doug Williams, who is who we were just talking about with the Redskins, he was famously the first black quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. And he was famously asked the question, how long have you been a black quarterback? But it was by a foreign journalist, and it was it was kind of lost in translation or whatever. No one ever said ever. Ever, ever, ever said that Lamar Jackson couldn't throw a football. There's YouTube video of him throwing it 80 yards in high school. What they did say was Lamar Jackson couldn't always throw it to the guy he wanted to throw it to. That was the problem. That he was little. That he was non-communicative. That he was either not particularly bright or took the advice of his mom and didn't have an agent. Here's what actually happened. okay? actually happened. His mom represented him. And when teams wanted to work him out, they couldn't get a hold of him because they couldn't get a hold of her. And that's not the way it works. Like there's certain agents that represent all the quarterbacks. Why? Because they know how all this stuff works. I told people this before. Like, look, I give 10% of my check to a guy who I think is a great agent. I had two really good agents. They've been doing it for a long time. Now, do I like giving up 10% of my check? Hell no, I don't. But you know what? This is what they do for a living. And they've done it for a long time. And I would prefer the safety net of being put in the best possible position to succeed. He didn't, and it was a disaster. Additionally, when he went for the whiteboard, he was way behind in terms of his football knowledge. And he's just not a super communicative guy. He's just, that's not his personality. And that's also not the personality uh, and that's also opposite of most quarterbacks personalities. Has nothing to do with if they're white or black. It just has to do with the position. Like, oh, well, like you're being critical of his personality because he's black. No, Jay Cutler's personality rubbed everybody the wrong way. Johnny Manziel's arm strength got criticized. So did his off the field baggage. Tim Tebow was not a smart quarterback. He wasn't. He couldn't also couldn't throw. Why? Because that's how he played. But the worst part is that Jimmy Smith, who plays in the NFL, doesn't even know what the old stereotype was, which was wrong, about black quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, he's a black quarterback, he's out of speeds, he can't throw. Nobody ever, said, nobody ever said that Mike Vick couldn't throw. Mike Vick couldn't throw short and intermediate routes. Mike Vick couldn't read a defense because Mike Vick, by his own account, didn't work at it. Because what happens is we fast-track these guys through. Fast-track them through. They're so ridiculously athletic and explosive at the position, and they can throw that, ah, did they read the play right? Doesn't matter. They just do it. They just oh they just they just make plays. Brett Favre was considered dumb. Terry Bradshaw was considered dumb. So what did what were their previous racial stereotypes about black quarterbacks not being able to read a defense, not being able to understand the position? Yes, okay, but we've evolved past that. Evolved past. If you can play quarterback, they will have you play quarterback in the NFL. Whether you're white, or you're black, you're mixed race, you're Hispanic, you're you're Hawaiian like Tua is, or Marcus Mariota is, no, we, they don't care. We won't win football games. What they said about Lamar Jackson, and I talked to a team who said, hey, we did evaluate him as a wide receiver because we don't think long-term he can play quarterback. Because they'll figure out what you're doing and he is not communicative. And he's not somebody who's going to be good in the pocket. He's little. And though he's fast, he's inaccurate. And he was, I believe, a below 60% completion guy at Louisville playing for a really good offensive-minded head coach. Now, he was a freak athlete. He made plays, and he'll still make some plays. You're like, wow. But as I said yesterday, tell me the athletic quarterback that's been outside the pocket that's worked. Even Steve Young doesn't last long term. Doesn't last long term. Ty Montgomery said this to Sports Illustrated. It's kind of hard to listen to TV when they question his ability to throw a ball because he can throw a ball. No one's ever said he can't throw a ball. Zero. There is not a single human being that's like, you know, he can't throw a football. No. It was, can he throw a football accurately? You know, like Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen white? He's white, correct? And what do they say about Josh Allen? Josh Allen can throw it 100 miles into the driving rain, into the wind. But, dude, Josh Allen, he can't throw it to the right team. He throws, he he misfires. We don't, no one has in the last 20 years evaluated a player's ability to throw a football based upon the color of their skin. Is he athletic? Yeah, he's freaky athletic. But he's little, non-communicative, and in terms of throwing a football, the only thing that has ever been in question is, can you throw it to the right person? That is actually a prerequisite for playing football in the National Football League. Brady Quinn, do we have on here. Why did Brady Quinn last in the National Football League? Because he was inaccurate. He was inaccurate. And Brady will tell you one thing. I I know somebody who coached him in the NFL is like, Look, man, I think he was just too, like, Brady, have you ever seen Brady Quinn with his shirt off? Like, that dude is, yeah, I think he's actually done modeling. He's just too yoked up. People thought he was inflexible, not as a human being, as an athlete. Uh, he may be inflexible as a human being, too. I don't I don't know. But as, but we got to stop with this nonsense about it. This reminds me, it reminds me of people who criticize others. They They shame people for, Halloween costumes that they call blackface. Like, look, I don't think there's a real win in getting dressed up as a black person or whatever. But if you want to get dressed up and as LeBron James, like, that's not blackface. Blackface is highly offensive. Highly. Highly offensive. But blackface is, again, it was playing up negative stereotypes about black people back in the 1920s. But what happens is over the years, people don't know what actual blackface is. So if you get dressed up as a black person, like you're doing blackface, like, no, I'm actually just getting dressed up as Janet Jackson. Or I don't even know what the win is in it because. But people aren't even smart enough to know what it is. Or to do a little bit of research. So to Jimmy Smith and to Ty Montgomery, Ty Montgomery is a smarter dude than that. Jimmy Smith, I just think you get so defensive about Lamar Jackson. No one has ever said he can't throw. It's, can he throw accurately? Can he run a huddle? Can he read a defense? Can he communicate to the offense what they're running and what they want to switch into? Chris Carter thinks Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners in the NFL. I'll give you my thoughts next.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Ramos is a big jazz flute guy.
5: <laughs> the pan flute is more my thing,
3: Doug. Doug Gottlieb show. What is that called? The little, the little thing that they hit on the um, on the drum to make that sound? No, that's not a symbol. It's like a, it's like almost like a, a bristly, yes. uh, metal bristle yes. type they, thing they that they hit of, on it. Yes. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody know what it's called? I don't know. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of a show earlier on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. We call and it... And now... <laughs> What's up Foxy? Uh, here was Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan talking about Amari Cooper. That's what
9: you control as an individual is who's playing in front of you. Receivers, be so, so crisp on those routes and uh, make those routes a thing of beauty. Uh, Cooper does that. He is as good a route runner as has ever put on a Dallas Cowboy uniform. He's route running himself
3: open. Route running himself open. Well, Chris Carter would know a thing or two about route running. Here's what he had to say on First Things First.
4: Jerry's right about this one. Oh. When I coached Amari in high school, before he went to University of Alabama, he was one of the most mature route runners that I had ever seen in high school. Him and Larry Fitzgerald right up there, guys who don't lose their patience, guys who understood bump and run, understood releases, understood leverage at a high level before that. Then he went on to Alabama. His wide receiver coach was the offensive coordinator Mike Groh of Philadelphia. So he was taught football at a high level at Alabama. He thrived. Uh, uh, um, All American broke Julio Jones, all of his records. Then he went to Oakland. In the first two years, you could see the coaching, the patience. It paid off. And then Amari lost his confidence. Amari is like a streak shooter. He's like Clay. He don't need a whole bunch of maintenance, but he does need to know that he's appreciated. He does need a hand around him to love him. He's not a rugged, rough, tough
3: guy. Um, Look, I'm not going to argue with Chris Carter on route running, right? Like, As long as you guys don't tell me, somebody else tells me about uh, passing the basketball I will not argue with Chris Carter about route running. I don't think there was ever a question about his route running. I actually think the only question about Amari Cooper was, does he, does he have the speed and explosiveness? And he had a bad case of the drops this past couple of years in Oakland. So I don't think anybody has actually ever uh, questioned whether or not he was a great route runner. And I do think that the Cowboys look better, but we're going to find out. We've only had a couple of games. They still had the meat of their schedule. They can play their way into the playoffs. And we'll find out how good Amari Cooper is this, you know, you go they're playing against a terrible defensive backfield on Thursday night. Like Eli Apple probably doesn't start for many other teams in the NFL, and he's actually an upgrade on one side of this, the Saints defensive backfield. That's what they're going to go after. They're going to go after Eli Apple. And if he can't get open there or he can't draw, catch the football there, then, then it doesn't matter how good a route runner he is. Ah! What's up, the- Count on Granger to drop a winning play. Visit com for industrial supplies and safety products to help your business cross the goal line. Granger, for the one that got it done. There's was a little bit of a humble brag there by Chris Carter. Do you guys notice that? I coached him in high school. But can you imagine being coached by in high school by Chris Carter, how to run routes? I just wonder if anybody's like, no, nah, I, I don't want to do it that way. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> you might listen to that guy. He's kind of awesome at what he does and kind of knows the sport a little bit better than you know the sport. But, Anyway, um, that would be amazing. All right, next hour we got Greg Cosell is going to join us. Oh, we got some responses on topics for today.
2: So let's see. We have people are saying that it's a snare, snare or drum. or a brush. Yes, yeah, a brush. Okay, and not then also, sta- I know what
3: a snare drum is. That's not a snare; it's a brush.
2: brush. Okay, so it's a brush. Uh, also, people have been tweeting in like crazy their poutine stories. Okay, go. Um, we have it. So this is at James Hogan. We have it in North and South Dakota. Can probably get it anywhere along the border.
3: Hmm. I've I've been told apparently you can get it here. I just have never seen like you're driving down the store going like oh Mexican places like
2: right right yeah. like, And then w- w- this w- w- go ahead at you want me to what he said whatever I go to Canada. Patina is my favorite food choice, but making it when you get back here just is never the same. Which I think I can agree with that. You may be yeah. able to find it somewhere in the States, but it won't be the same. Okay, so... It's like getting food from the South in L.A. It's never as good as when you actually get real... No,
3: no. Like, if you're in New York or you're in L.A. getting barbecue, it's just not the, not the same. Not the same. What do you think... We we have tacos, like, twice a week at my house. I don't think they're the same as you get in a restaurant, a really good Mexican restaurant, but I do actually think I can make tacos that I enjoy as much at home as I do in a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, Burgers are also can be tricky, can be tricky. The best is better, but the worst are, are worse. The rankings are not perfect for the college football playoff, but they're good enough. Next.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: What up? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. I know I am. John Ramos is. We got him all fired up thinking about getting some poutine in here. No, I pronounced it correctly. It's called poutine. It's something you eat in Canada. It's delicious. We had Jamal Murray on earlier in the show. We discussed his mom's poutine. You got to be very careful with making sure you pronounce it correctly. It is one of those words you got to pronounce correctly. All right, good. We're all set. Excellent. Man, there's so much to get to today. Let's start with this. You know, if we had an 18 playoff, we would have all these other games. We have all these other games. We have all these other games. They're coming in bowl games. We have these imaginary games that are all made up, and they're going to be super fun. You just don't get to play for a championship. That's all. That's really the difference. You know, you go to any of these websites and you try and see, you know, like what what the uh, what the bowls will look like. You're like, man, those are some fun games. What if that was for the championship? Well, that's not the way it works. The prerequisite for playing for a championship is you got to be one of the four selected. And as much as I don't love the idea that Georgia has to win this week, Georgia had previously lost. And so they got to win this week, or they won't play for a championship. You know? So, I mean, look, in in any playoffs, there's going to be a cutoff. Every year I've done the NCAA tournament, we argue about the 65th and 66th and 67th best team. And what happens with people who are just they 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 don't understand it like their team gets in Syracuse gets in and has a couple of incredible wins and gets all the way to the final four say we belonged in no you showed you could we know you could win games to get in there did you earn the right to get in there you know like i think george is good enough to play i think george is good enough to play and win the whole thing unfortunately lost to LSU and they won't have earned the right if they don't win this weekend that's just the way it goes but we do this And I understand that so many of us want perfect things. I live with a perfectionist. I do. I live with a perfectionist. My wife, she didn't like renting because she couldn't do anything. Why put money into somebody else's house, right? Like I like nice things. So I was like, well, you know, here's the only thing. We buy a new house. You're not going to want us to live in that house because you want it to remain new. And so it's a constant like cycle of search of perfection. You want to get something redone, you get it redone, it looks great. And I like, yeah, but you can't touch that. Like, what do you mean I can't touch that? My house. I have this beautiful kitchen. My wife, we redid a house partially. And we moved into it. It's incredible, incredible kitchen. Yeah, I don't really know if we should eat in there. Why? Well, you know, it's the new kitchen. Yeah, well, that's the whole idea of a kitchen is you eat in it. That's where food is. That's where you cook in it. Yeah, but when you cook stuff, the grease gets placed. Like, yeah, but it's why you have a nice kitchen? The constant search for perfection. I get it. We we do it. People that have are in really good shape, you know, they're like, you're like, man, you look great. Like, yeah, you know, you got to drop a couple. You're like, wow. Why? Because they're in search of perfection. We do this with college athletes. We have a really good system. Hundreds of thousands of young athletes, hundreds of thousands Thousands get a scholarship to college. So they have no college debt. They get to go to school, get a degree, change their life, experience sports, experience college in a completely different way. Like, yeah, but you know what? If we gave them some more money, they would be even happier. No, they wouldn't. But you want that because you want a more perfect system, which doesn't actually exist. Heck, our democracy, our representative democracy is not perfect. It's not not perfect well you know she had more votes than he did in the general election not the way it works there's a reason we have the electoral college that based upon the size of your state you get a certain number of votes in the electoral college it might not be perfect it might not always work but generally it's a good system a representative democracy You're like, well, why don't we have a pure democracy? Because that doesn't work either. You can't have like, hey, listen, we're going to all vote on every piece of legislature. How many times does he actually show up for that? So you have a representative democracy. The problem is you're not always in line with people that you live around. None of these things are perfect. Democracy is not perfect. Representative democracy is not perfect. Electoral college is not perfect. General election is not perfect. But you know what? It's the best system going. Even with its imperfections. And for the college football playoff, it has its warts. But it's better than it used to be. And in all honesty, it's probably the best situation you could have. Because if you're going to add an eight-team playoff, you're going to add the the team that wins is going to likely play 16 games, and that's too many. Don't believe me, McKenzie Milton, trying to play in, what was that, their, their 12th game this year? that just be too many injuries, too much of a beating, too many games. You won't have a true represent, representation of who the best team is. It'll be who the best team is with the best depth and the best people left standing. You don't want to just grant whoever wins their league, because if you granted whoever won their league automatic entrance, into the College Football Playoff, then if Northwestern won this weekend, they would get in the College Football Playoff. And you're like, "Oops, we didn't want that to happen." Sorry. And if you say, "Hey, we're going to do away with the with the with the um conference championships." "Hey, we're going to have no conference championship games." Well, that's great, but in the SEC oftentimes, Alabama and Georgia, Alabama and Georgia, they don't play each other. They don't play each other. there's going to be a three-way tie. There's been a three-way tie before in the Big Ten on one side. There's been a tie in the Big Ten. You have to have a conference championship game when the conferences get to having 12 teams. Hell, I feel bad for Oklahoma. They shouldn't have to play a conference championship game. It's the dumbest thing ever. But they're going to have to beat Texas, the one team that beat them this year. And if they do, they'll play for a national championship. Is it a perfect system? No, there is no perfect system. There's not. There is not one that exists. But this system is better than it used to be. And frankly, when you actually dive deep and look at the potential options outside of the one we have, which is basically a plus a, a, a plus one game, it's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. You know? Because once you start getting, you know, into two and three lost teams, you're like, man, I, I mean, LSU is still ranked 10th. I don't know how they beat Georgia at home. Okay. So who did they beat? They didn't beat Alabama. They lost to Texas A&M in seven overtimes. We haven't talked about that. Did you guys see that thing? Seven overtimes. That really happened, man, your pot committed. Once you stay, once you stayed overtime, you're like, all right, I'm going to see this thing out. They're like two overtimes, three overtimes, four overtimes, five overtimes, six overtimes, seven overtimes. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen, ever heard of. Huh. All right, coming up next. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joins the show. Can the Cowboys offense keep up up pace with the Saints offense? Plus, based upon what we've seen from Lamar Jackson, is it sustainable? Can they grow it? Can they continue to win with what they're doing in Baltimore? We'll discuss that next.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Greg Cosell from the NFL Films joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Greg, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Jerry Jones uh, waxed poetic about Amari Cooper's uh, route running skills. Uh, they're, they're good. Uh, 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 so the, the questions haven't been about his route running, though, right? It's been about his hands. He had some drops in Oakland and about his explosiveness. Is that is that accurate?
8: Well, he's a very good route runner, and I think he's explosive enough given his size. Uh, You know, he's a good player. Uh, You know, he's a better—he's a good addition to that team. But, you know, to me, Doug, it kind of raises the question of where we are in the NFL right now. The Cowboys are an old-school offense. It's a run-game foundation. It's an execution-run game. There's not a lot of misdirection. There's not a lot of deception. It's a pretty basic pass game that, by NFL standards, is somewhat remedial and elementary— so can that kind of team be a true Super Bowl contender? That, that to me, is sort of the question about the Cowboys.
3: And uh, let's just, before we get to Super Bowl contender, can they keep up with the with the Saints? Because like, my perspective is, like, look, the way to beat the Saints is you got to keep Drew Brees out the field. The way to keep Drew Brees out the field is going to have to be to long drives, but you got to run the football. They're actually really good against the run. The weakness of that defense is against the pass. Do the Cowboys have what it takes To beat the Saints.
8: Well, the other part to that is the defensive part. Their defense is very, very good because when people talk about keeping Drew Brees off the field, that's true, but there's a misnomer to that. So let's say that in a normal game he gets 11 or 12 possessions. So if you hold him to nine possessions, Doug, think about this, if you hold him to nine but you give up four touchdowns, that means you've got to score more than 28 points. So the issue is not just keeping him off the field, the issue is your defense has to play really, really well. In addition, now the Cowboys are built that way. It's run game and defense. That's the foundation. By design, they limit the impact of the quarterback, but Prescott can beat you with his legs at times, but they're really not asking him to be the guy that drives that offense.
3: Okay, so let's, let's go back. Uh, do you believe that, that the way in which their offense is designed and how well they're playing uh, is good enough to keep up with the Saints who they're going to score because they score on everybody?
8: Well, then your defense has to be really, really good. Because when you say the Saints score on everybody, up to this point they have. uh, You know, when you go back to some really good defenses, and I'm not certainly comparing them to these defenses, I'm just saying that we've seen examples in recent memory where defenses were so good that they could hold teams down, like the Legion of Boom. So the question is, is the Cowboy defense that kind of defense where they could beat a Saints team 23-20? their defense has to be that way in order for them to to get to where they might want to go.
3: Greg Cosell joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. The Cleveland Browns have won two in a row. They're puffing out their chest, but they've beaten two of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, Bengals uh, historically bad defensively, right? Like they're going to go down potentially as the worst defense in the history of the sport. So are the Browns and their play calling that much better or is the level of competition?
8: Well, I think what you have to look at, particularly if you're a Browns fan, is the way they're doing it. Because all you're trying to get now is is wins if you're a Browns fan. And the way they're playing offense, I think, speaks to where they're going because they're playing to Baker Mayfield's strengths. Because Baker Mayfield is a rhythm player. He's a twitchy kid. He's very quick with his drop, with his set, his delivery. They're playing a rhythm game. He's a rhythm-timing player. And he does have the ability at times to get outside the pocket. But they're designing an offense and a pass game approach coach, Doug, that plays to his strengths so the ball can come out. That's what you have to be excited about. No one's looking at them right now as a playoff or Super Bowl contender. They're just trying to be efficient on offense, and they've also got a good running back that now adds to that.
3: All right, what about the Baltimore Ravens? They've had new life with Lamar Jackson, but also against equally putrid defenses. Uh, give me your sense of the sustainability of the style with Lamar Jackson.
8: Well, I think ultimately you'll have to throw it better, and there'll have to be more of a pass game element to it that, that becomes a little more expansive right now. Uh, they're a tough offense, though, to game plan for it because of Jackson's running ability. Um, this week the Raiders, they played a lot of too high safeties, and it, you can't really play that way when you have a running quarterback because you, you lose the numbers count to defend the run game. And and they had a lot of success. The Ravens did against the Raiders because of that. So I don't know if it's overly sustainable, but the quarterback as a runner can be part of your offense if you can throw it well.
3: Yeah. No, no question about it. Greg Cosell joining us, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, The, the, the chargers have not been up to snuff against the elite teams in the NFL, right? they got, They lost to the Broncos, a game which they gave away outside of that. Only other two losses against the two good teams. They played Rams and chiefs. Now they go and take on the Steelers, right? Who just gave away their own game to the Broncos. (laughs) Um, they probably don't have Melvin Gordon this week. What, what's your level of faith without Gordon? They do have Eckler and Justin Jackson, the rookie, right? The chargers can go in and win on the road in, in Pittsburgh.
8: Um, you know, again, I'm, I've always loved Phillip rivers. I think he's a terrific quarterback. Um, I think their defense has to be a big factor as they go forward. I think they have some good players, but I think that ultimately they need to be a complete team because I think that they can score with their wide receivers who are big. Uh, This is a very interesting matchup for them because the Steeler defense, for the most part, has played well over the last month or so as they've sort of evolved into playing more man coverage, blitzing a little more. They now blitz more than any team in the NFL, so they've sort of gone back to the old Blitzburg days, attacking, and I think they'll do that because Rivers is essentially a pocket quarterback yeah. and the yeah. O-line for the Chargers has had some issues in pass protection. So I think you'll see a an aggressive Steelers defense that could cause some problems.
3: Uh, the Eagles fell behind 19 to 3, had a big yeah, drive big drive before the end of the half though, and they went for two and got it. Uh, where are they in terms of being where they need to be? It feels like that you know that you made a trade to go get a talented wide receiver and Golden Tate and they haven't found a way to really allow him to be effective or I don't know if it's him or when you watch the Eagles' offense, what do you see on tape?
8: Well, you know, it's funny. I watched that game on television. I heard Chris Spielman say something that's absolutely true, and I think a lot of people are surprised by this because the Eagles are defending champions. But he said that the Eagles, that their best vertical weapon is Zach Ertz, and when he, when your tight ends, your best vertical weapon, you've got some problems. And that's the issue. The Eagles don't have a lot of talent on offense, Doug. They don't have any vertical weapon, so they're lacking dimensions. And this week they ran the football, which they're going to have to do, uh, Adams had 22 carries, Josh Adams. Now he gained 84 yards, not a big number, but they were able to stay with the run game and it was effective at points throughout the game. They just don't have enough in the receiving department to really be a big time threat. So they're going to have to be balanced.
3: Greg Cosell joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I know you watched that. You just said you watched that game. Odell Beckham Jr. was critical of the play calling. Uh, number of plays I felt like limited them. They actually without question, they also ran the ball really well in the first half and didn't have number of plays to get the ball to Saquon Barkley. When when you watched, what was your thoughts on the play calling?
8: Well, first of all, they only ran 21 plays in the second half. Five of the first 11 plays Barkley touched the ball. So it's not a case where they didn't give the ball to Barkley. They got caught behind the sticks a lot. They didn't have the ball. And then the game sort of started to get away from them and they felt that they had a score. Um, you know, keep one thing in mind. Barkley had a long touchdown run and a 26-yard run. Every other run gained four yards or less. Mm-hmm. So,
3: that, That's kind of his thing, though. Even if you go back to Penn State, that was his thing, right? It was, was his thing. He now, was a home run hitter. Yeah,
8: yeah, that's a great point. It changed a bit the week prior against the Bucks, where he really stuck it in there and gained and had, you know, seven, eight, nine-yard runs. But that's been his M.O. back at Penn State. It's been his M.O. through the first part of the NFL season. So I don't – the tape doesn't – doesn't say that they didn't give the ball to Barkley, but you got to keep one thing in mind. If you're not going to run that many plays, you can't have it both ways. You can't say you have to give it to Barkley and feed him, and then in the next sentence say, well, you should be throwing the ball so you can throw it to Odell Beckham. You know, it works. They didn't run enough plays in the second half.
3: Yeah. Um, It does all have to work together. All right, you have play calling with Mike McCarthy. you got quarterback play with Aaron Rodgers, and then you get to wide receivers outside of Devontae Adams' ability to get open. Um, who's most to blame for their offensive inadequacies?
8: Well, I'll answer it this way. The, the way they run their pass game, and I'm sure this is what a lot of people point to, is they tend to run a lot of individual routes. So therefore, they're asking their wide receivers to win one-on-one. They've been doing that for a number of years. Um, when you have great receivers, that can be really effective because they win and you get completions. If you don't have the receiving talent that you'd ultimately like to have oftentimes they don't get open early enough in the down and rogers won't turn it loose uh rogers is is a very interesting quarterback to evaluate because he can obviously do some phenomenal things outside of structure and he's certainly a ridiculously gifted thrower but there's also times he doesn't throw the ball to open receivers within the structure so it's it's kind of a mix of of where you go with this um but their offense is very very inconsistent
3: yeah, it, it it really, it's consistently inconsistent. Correct. Um, okay, give me, your, give me your sense, again, after watching on tape of the Vikings. There have been people that have been critical of Kirk Cousins. Um, and the Vikings came in wanting to run the football. They didn't run it a ton, but they were effective enough. What's your thoughts on the Vikings at this point in
8: time? Well, I think people are very critical of Kirk Cousins because of the money. Right. I think that people in the league know what he is. And Cousins is a rhythm passer the vikings have at his best they don't ask him to do too much you know they want the three step game the five step game ball come out now he can be very aggressive and and that's a positive in his game that he can be an aggressive thrower who will turn it loose he does have a sense of anticipation but overall Kirk Cousins is not from a talent standpoint a high high level quarterback but people see him that way now cuz they gave him a lot of money but that's irrelevant to a coach right so To me, they need to run the ball more and better. Going into the game against the Packers, they had the third fewest rushing attempts in the league, and Cousins was dropping back an awful lot of times. Uh, To me, too many times. So they need to find a run game. Supposedly, Dalvin Cook is healthy. They tried to run it a little bit against the Packers. They were not very successful.
3: Uh, Deshaun Watson, that's sustainable. He's still running a lot, and he's not sliding. He's been hurt twice. Like, I like him. And I like some of the weapons. and like, look Lamar Lamar uh, um, Lamar, no, not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Miller is uh, is ha- had an outstanding game as well, but I'm just when I watch it, I again, he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. He's more developed than Lamar Jackson, but I still have some of the same fears when when I watch him. am I crazy?
8: No, he's going to have to be careful. But if you've noticed one thing, in the last, oh, four or five weeks, he has not thrown more than, I believe, 25 balls in any game because what they've done is they've run the ball more. They've not asked him to drop back as much, and it's been effective. People probably are not aware that Lamar Miller is probably on pace to rush for 1,300 yards, and and if he can do that, that's pretty good because at this point, look, they have a below-average offensive line. We know that, and and very often that's why – Uh, Watson moves. But really good quarterbacks, and he's not there yet. He's not refined enough. But really good quarterbacks can help an offensive line that's not real good. Watson is is still developing as a refined pocket quarterback. He's not at the point, Doug, where he can help camouflage and compensate for all-line issues. So they need to not have him drop back as much, which is what they've been doing.
3: Great stuff, as always. Greg Cosell, NFL Films. We really appreciate you joining us, Greg
8: thanks Doug appreciate
3: it Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio brought to you by Discover Card we treat you like you'd treat you we would also want to treat you to Isaac Lowenkron the dulcet tones of Isaac Lowenkron Isaac what do you got why, thank you, Doug, as my voice dips an octave after you say that. This
5: afternoon, Washington head coach Jay Gruden addressed the media for the first time since Washington claimed linebacker Reuben Foster on waivers days after he was arrested on a domestic violence charge that led to him being released by the 49ers. A footnote... Reporters requested to speak with Washington owner Daniel Snyder and general manager Bruce Allen, but they were not made available, leaving Gruden to speak about it, and he sounded real
7: comfortable. We decided to make the move, and we'll deal with the outcry, so to speak. Uh, But for the most part, you know, this is a young athlete, a young person uh, who got himself into some trouble, we want to find out exactly what happened. Another footnote, yesterday Washington Senior Vice President
5: of Player Personnel Doug Williams said in a statement, quote, we claimed his rights after candid conversations with a number of his ex-Alabama teammates and current Washington players who are overwhelmingly supportive of us taking the chance, unquote. Today, Foster's ex-Alabama teammates and current Washington players, HaHa Clinton Dix and Jonathan Allen, told The Washington Post, that they had not spoken to anyone from the organization regarding Foster, and two other Washington players who were also Foster's teammates at Alabama declined comment. In well, comment- now
3: listen, if you declined comment, it doesn't mean you didn't, they didn't talk to you. Okay. So I Theoretically. Mean, in, 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 no, in fairness, they, you know, nobody wants that right now. I mean, he is he is toxic. Nobody wants it. But I do think this is like somebody who puts. I had a buddy who put a a name of a boss who fired him on his resume as a reference. And then I, he got a couple interviews at a place I used to work and he's like, man, I don't know what went wrong. I don't know why they didn't get the job. I was like, dude, you got a bad reference. Oh, they call those like, yeah, they call your references. You put three numbers down there. They call three people. Sorry. Anyway,
5: it takes a lot to stun me into silence. I'm going to ask you for the record to tell me who it is on the air just so you can decline, so I can race in there later and get the scoop on who this was. Oh, I I know. I mean, I I can tell. I mean,. Ah, no, it's all right. Yeah. Who, who wouldn't tell that story? Who, who wouldn't have that story to tell? I'll bet that's not the only instance of that happening in the sports broadcasting field or in any other professions, by the way. In college football, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson announced that he will step down after 11 seasons following Georgia Tech's upcoming bowl game. And finally, in Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's announced plans to build a privately financed 34,000 seat stadium in downtown Oakland, just west of Jack London Square, to open in 2023. One final footnote the renderings of the new ballpark showed the
3: A's participating in the 2023 World Series. Ah, it's yeah. like you know, that's like that's like Back to the Future, right? Where mm-hmm. who, who was in the Back to the Future was the Marlins, and who in the Miami and the Cubs in the World Series. The Cubs finally won the World Series, which actually proved to to come to fruition. So maybe, maybe they know something. Although, wasn't didn't you tell me there's a quote there that uh, the A's want to make it somehow blend with the community?
5: Yes, they want to integrate the ballpark and the surrounding neighborhood in a way that has not been ever done before. Uh,
3: they're gonna have a protest area for all the people from all the people from Berkeley to come down. Great area <laughs> for home for the homeless. <laughs> Like downtown Oakland is not nice. It's just not there's a reason the Warriors moved and the Raiders are leaving. And they haven't shown the desire to like baseball unless they're really really good. Now, it should be pointed out, the stadium that they're in is a hole, it's a dump, but it's been their dump for a long time. So, we'll see. This is man, nobody wants the A's. That's what it that's what it relates to me. Like, yeah, we'll move to Fremont. They're like, no, we don't really want you. We'll move to Vegas. Like, no, we don't. We're good. We got football. We got hockey. We like NBA. Okay, we'll stay here. I just, we're going to integrate the, yeah, they have a protest area. what they're going to do is they're going to put trees in. And then the kids from Cal can come over and protest and, and, and be in the trees. That's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I know because my brother was at, at at Cal. They have this amazing um, facility for athletic training and whatever. It's like $300 million. They had the cash, and kids were in the trees for like three years. And I was like, well, you know, the, the trees are like redwoods, like from the 1900s. Like, no, they were planted in like 1955, 1960. It's just – it's Berkeley, dude. It's, it's berserkly. No explaining it. No explaining it. I saw this story from uh, Brian Windhorst. It's in his most recent podcast. By the way, my podcast will drop sometime tomorrow. We still got some, got some stuff to, to, to put to it. All ball podcast. Here's Windhorst on Russell Westbrook. So here's the thing about Westbrook. You talk to the scouts, they'll tell you that essentially Westbrook has no interest in anything that Billy Donovan has to say offensively from the bench. I'm not saying what they draw up in timeouts and, and stuff isn't the case. But they will say that Donovan doesn't even bother making play calls when Westbrook gets into that mode where he's going to do what he's going to do. There's really nothing that can be done. Yeah, this is a bit of a problem. It's not a bit of a problem. It's the, I have, I have friends that work in the league that told me, man, you go back five years ago and they loved Westbrook because he just played hard and, in the offseason, he worked on his game. But he's been the guy there and been so empowered. Like now when he's a jerk to the media after the game, like the local media like laugh about it. Oh, it was just stat padding out there. and They like chuckled about it. You know, you give a guy the biggest contract ever. and What do you expect him to do? Change? He ain't changing. Keep the same coach. What do you expect him to do? So. Some of it is when he, a guy gets in that mode, you don't you don't want to overcoach him. But some of it is a lack of ability to be coached. I make so much money, you can't get rid of me. I'm Russell Westbrook. Yes, Rhyme Music.
2: So, obviously, we know the whole thing about Durant leaving and the success that he's had in Golden State. If you had to bet one way or another right now, will Russell Westbrook ever go on to win an NBA title? No. No, I would bet no. I feel like that's surprising for most people. Because most people would think that, especially how... Because he's
3: staying in Oklahoma City. I don't think anybody thinks he's going to win Oklahoma City.
2: But even after they got Paul George to buy in... Is that a championship team? I think most people would say that it should be. That they should be better than what they are.
3: Well, I think you can say that about a lot of teams. And I think, you know, one of the things that does show is the NBA, at least at this point, teams are are actively being more competitive than they've been the past couple of years. Now that'll probably change once you get past midpoint of the season, teams start dumping games, but it's as competitive as the league has been in, in several years. Um, But I don't think that's a championship team. I mean, like, look, part of the, the deal was they thought Andre Robertson's going to come back. And my, my thing is Andre Robertson won his four on five on offense. And secondly, you're asking a guy to come off of major knee surgery and be the same athlete that he was before, and now he's had a you know a setback which has hurt him. Uh, but I I look, I thought they'd be better. I thought that you add in a starting point guard to be your backup point guard, you're going to be better. But I also know it takes time.
2: Because you look at the West right now, so the Clippers, who basically, I don't. I don't want anyone trying to claim that they were like, hey, you know who's going to be the best team in the West right now? The Clippers. So Clippers are in first, Warriors are in second, Nuggets are in third, and then Thunder in fourth. I would have thought right now with how bad the Rockets are, you would have definitely seen the Thunder as where the Clippers are were shockingly in first place or in second place if the Warriors had maintained first.
3: I'd agree with you. But they also, people thought they'd have Andre Robertson. Right? That's what they thought. And... I would say not being whole. I thought they would have gotten a bump from getting rid of Mello, the way the Rockets got a bump. Rockets also added in James Harden after they got rid of Mello because Harden came back from injury. So, but I would I would guess no. I, I just, you know, I never I've never thought Paul George was as good as people lust after. But Paul George is a lot like the Kirk Cousins thing. He just is. Like is Kirk Cousins overpaid? Yes and no. Is he truthfully one of the five best quarterbacks? No, but. There was nobody else available. Gordon Hayward, there's nobody else available. Paul George, there's nobody else of that level available. Guys just don't hit the free agency market and you always have to overpay to get somebody either to stay or to leave. You just do. You just do. Baker Mayfield has doubled down on his Hugh Jackson comments. Find out what he said
0: next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3
3: p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Wait to hear what Baker Mayfield has had to say today about Hugh Jackson. We'll get to that in the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Granger for safety and industrial supplies. Granger's got your back. Visit Granger.com. Isaac Lowencron, hit me with the press. Doug, here's the
5: latest from Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. He doubled down on his criticism of former head coach Hugh Jackson, now a member of the Cincinnati Bengals staff, who they played last Sunday after Mayfield called Jackson fake and, again, doubled down on his criticism earlier today. Listen.
2: I get to have my own opinion
4: on how it transpired, and he gets to do what he wants. That's how it is. Although I'm an athlete, I'm not a cookie-cutter quarterback. Never have been, never will be. I speak my mind. I didn't like the move, and
2: people don't have to care. I'm not looking for anybody's approval. I don't regret any of it. Baker Mayfield, not
5: a cookie-cutter quarterback. Oh. Perhaps an endorsement deal is in there somewhere with a cookie company.
0: Mmm. Oh.
5: Favorite cookie, Isaac, is what?
3: Chocolate chips just out of the oven. Warm. Mm. Yes. Yes, me too. Uh, do you? My, my mom always mistakenly mm. burned them, slightly burned them. <laughs> And they taste better to me like that. Really? Yes. And And I like dipping them in milk.
5: Yeah, if you dip burned chocolate chip cookies in milk. Yep. It alters the texture, and this is this might be yeah. the most delicious edition of the Doug Gottlieb show we've had: yeah. poutine and chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, our cardiologist thanks us as well. <laughs> yeah, he'll <laughs> send us the bill. Yeah. Eric Berry of the Kansas City Chiefs, their all-pro safety three times, practiced today for the first time since August. Now, even though the Chiefs are nine and two, they're last in the NFL against the pass, allowing 297 yards a game. An interesting note. He has been officially listed as day-to-day, every day, since August the 11th, three and a half cool. months, and back on the field today.
3: I mean, who doesn't like the Eric Barrett story, of course, coming off, coming back from uh, non hodgkins lymphoma, right? And then didn't he tear his Achilles tendon? Yes. Yeah. The, the problem yeah. with this deal is this. Um, he tore his Achilles tendon last year, and... Uh, I fear that putting him out there, I think he'll be pretty good. Like they wouldn't put him out there He's not, but but our expectations is that he's going to be the borderline Hall of Famer he was before he got hurt. Right, like he's 29, his body's got to be like 35, considering what he had to do to beat cancer and what he's had to do to come back from this Achilles tendon tear. So I'm I'm not sure they're that much as much better as people think they would be just because Eric Berry's back. All right, mm-hmm. risk versus reward. Well, he's a guy that you you can't keep out the football field.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep. From the AFC to the NFC, Sportsnet New York reports that Eli Manning could actually return as the Giants' starting quarterback in 2019. It was the published by reporter Ralph Vacchiano, whose work I enjoyed in The Karate Kid back in the day. Oh, that was Ralph Macchio. Sorry about that. He says that according to sources... Wax on. Wax off. Wax off. <laughs> Wax on
3: sweep sweep the leg
5: He says that the Giants have not sweep, decided to sweep, sweep the leg sweep the leg Like Cobra Kai did. Yes. He says the decision on Eli Manning's No mercy. Absolutely has not no been mercy. made. Well, that's the uh that's the motto of all the New York City tabloids, no mercy. Yes.
3: Um nothing has been decided. Like, yeah. The 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 issue is this. Will he come back and be a mentor or quarterback? And if I'm Eli Manning, like do I want to come back and be a meant play, and then eventually, if I if we don't win, then I get supplanted? I don't know. I I do know that the only way in which you do that is if you call Eli in, you have him on board. Here's what we're doing. Here's who we're drafting. You either work with him, and we'd love to have you around, or you decide you don't, and we'll throw a, a ticker tape parade for you. In a
5: potentially. Unrelated or potentially related story, Blake Bortles addressed his recent benching by the Jacksonville Jaguars saying today, quote, I put myself in this position and I didn't play good enough. Not really grammatically correct, but that's besides the point. Didn't win football games, couldn't find a way to get it done, and when that happens, as a business, and everybody understands that. I don't think there's anything personal involved. As a quarterback, I think you have one job, and that's to win a football game, and if you don't do that, your time's probably limited. It was just a lack of execution and getting it done. It was
3: never a confidence issue, unquote. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh! Accepting ownership of one's f- uh, failings, like that's... That's kind of refreshing.
5: Yeah, it's so not 2018, Yeah, is what, what,
3: is, what is that? Like, no, 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 It's my fault, I did it. Oh, wow. Uh, I wasn't good, we didn't win. Was it confidence, was it weather, was it play kind? Like, no, we just didn't win, we were just weren't good enough. No, seriously, dude, just give us somebody you can blame other than yourself. Like, no, it was pretty much me. But, yeah, the offensive coordinator's gone. Like, you can totally, like, no, no, it was me, I was bad. Yep. Okay. Okay.
5: No buses for anybody to be thrown under in Jacksonville, I suppose. On to the NBA, where it was reported by Yahoo Sports that Kawhi Leonard has agreed to a new multi-year shoe deal with the company New Balance, dubbed a re-emerging brand. Uh, I suppose that's a good thing these days. He said at today's media availability, quote, it's not official. Me and New Balance haven't announced anything, unquote. Reporter Nick DePaula impressively noted that at the time he made that statement, Leonard was, quote, wearing socks and no sneakers.
3: Unquote. Uh, was he... I'm a fun guy. Give me the laugh. Do you have the laugh? You gotta have the laugh. That's gotta be like their signature thing, right? Just his laugh over and over and over again. Make that saying, a commercial. I'm a fun guy. Does he have really wide feet? Because that's the whole New Balance thing, right? Like you can right. get super wide, super <laughs> wide oh. s- the sneakers? I just wonder how
5: photogenic he's gonna be in their commercials because Unless memory uh, doesn't serve me correctly, the only commercials I've ever seen him in were those local H-E-B commercials he did with,
3: with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. H-E-B is like a local supermarket sure, chain there. Sure, I don't know. I, that's just the most bizarre thing ever. That's that's one of those, right. he took the biggest check, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Like, nobody goes in and goes, yeah, I need to buy some sneakers. <gasps> Do you want some Nikes? No, I'm thinking uh, something different. Adidas? Nah. Uh, no. No. No, uh, I'm going to take some New Balance. All right. Yeah. And for a check like Don't that— Don't you have to speak to be a spokesperson? You you would think. Yes. It
5: depends on how big the check is. Yeah, I think right, if the right. check's big enough, it'll be motivation for him to suddenly develop a persona that we didn't see in those HEB commercials. Finally, in the NFL, Joe Flacco remains absent from practice after seeing a, a hip specialist earlier this week, so he's missed seven consecutive practices. It continues to look more and more like Lamar Jackson will now get his first NFL road start on Sunday at Atlanta.
0: Seven. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press.
3: A guy who runs like Mike Vick, starting in a place where Mike Vick used to start a star against a, a defense which has been massively depleted by injury. Couldn't get a better start, though, than the three teams he's got a chance to start against. I won't be picking against him. Nope. And I don't think it'll work out long term. But in the short term, yeah, I'll take it. Take a shot at it. What would be interesting is Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator, and will they do to Lamar Jackson, what they did to Russell Wilson initially. Russell Wilson, they used to run some of that zone read, and he would hand the ball off, and they would hit him because you can when you, even because if you run play action pass you, or you run RPOs, you hand the ball off, they can still hit the quarterback for a short period of time, and they've limited it some. Anthony Lynn of the Chargers joins us tomorrow. We'll get you ready for Sunday night football, plus Thursday night football, Saints. Cowboy. Should be a good one. We'll be there on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest
3: paranormal podcast
4: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
2: This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed, <laughs>